listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. Now here's your host, the Sly Dog. Hello and welcome back to the Sly Dog Music Cast. I'm your host, the Sly Dog, and joining me today, a man of many bands, one of the hardest working men in rock. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my privilege to present Jeff Scott Soto. Jeff, how you doing? Just just refer to me as the shy dog because I'm so shy you'll never get a word out of me when it comes to interviews and no I'm just kidding I'm the opposite <laughs> of shy I'm doing good how are you man I'm doing great I'm doing great um uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun uh I kind of just started like digging into your music like late last year and then I got the chance to do this interview so I'm really excited uh let's start out with a congrats on the new WET album uh this album this album kicks it's 20 it's we're barely into 2021. It's already one of my favorites. Wow, thank uh, you. Well, let's let, let me pre- let me preface the interview by saying, please call the band Wet. It's easier. Okay. It <laughs> I wasn't sure. And when when you spell any acronym out, it's probably for the reason that they wanted you to to say it out as an actual word. So <laughs> you, let's call <laughs> from now on. That's fair. Uh, like I said up at the top, you're you're definitely one of the busiest people in rock. Do you find that staying as busy as you do helps keep your creativity flowing? It's a, it's a must for keeping my creativity flowing. I, I I become stagnant if I'm sitting around doing nothing for too long, and especially of of late, you know, recently with with the uh, with the pandemic and not being able to tour and not being able to do any live shows whatsoever, you you go stir crazy. So it kind of acts as both a therapy as well as the uh, the the chance to not only stay alive but also the the creativity to keep flowing. And I've done more pro product and more writing and more recording in 2020 than I've ever done in my life. In the course of the 10 months I was grounded from not being able to tour, I've done so much that uh, I, I, I basically could release an album for the next five or six years without me having to lift another finger. That's how much work I've done. Not that that's going to happen, but that's just a level of what keeps me ticking, I, I said yes to a lot of things I normally would say no to. I said yes to things I normally wouldn't even fit uh, musically in my, as far as my own wheelhouse, because that is what makes me tick as an artist to be be able to c- continue to create, but also to be able to add more to my arsenal as an artist. I love it. I love it. And to get and before we get into this new record, this is uh, Wet's fourth album, I believe. Fourth album. Correct. It's fourth album. Uh Talk a bit about the history of the band, if you don't mind. Well, it's more of a project. It's more of a studio project. It, it, the inception was basically uh, back in the day before all these super groups and all these, uh, uh, I don't even call it a super group. Back in the day, this was a combo, a combination group. And it's something that's become a regular thing over at Frontiers Records. We were the, one of the first. It was the idea of Serafino, who's the CEO of, of Frontiers we he basically took three of his favorite artists and what his three favorite artists do and and turn out as far as the labels concerned and put us into the studio to say let's see what these three could come up with it's one of the reasons why we named the band wet because it's the uh the acronym is it comes from the three bands that this band is derived from it's work of art eclipse and talisman so because those three acronyms acronyms also fit the format of what we're doing musically in the beginning, we were kind of focusing on the attention of bringing those fans into listening to what we were doing. Now, Wet has its own fan base. It's got its own legs. It's got its own thing where we don't have to be reaching out to our own fan bases. To they're naturally going to come to the party anyway. 
Um, so that being said, it was just uh, a, an idea that Serafino had. The idea has now turned into an 11 year run and four albums. If you include the live album, it's five albums and a live DVD. And uh, meanwhile, in 11 years, we only have about five or six shows under our belt. So it's kind of strange <laughs> in that term. And that's why I say it's not really a band because a, a real band would probably be would have a few tours under their belts by now. But we're just so busy with what we do or sort of day gigs that uh, we we just look at as wet as an opportunity for us to get together and put out music that we know our fans and our fan base really appreciate. That's a that's a cool way to look at it. And yeah, it really is more of that that studio project. I I kind of forget so, sometimes. Like you like I said, you're very busy. Like, like I guess not every band can have a show, so that's true. Um, it to me the record feels very classic melodic rock, but there's also it's also very fresh in a way. Was there a specific sound you were aiming for with this one? Or was it just more of like, let's bring all our collective, you know, like projects together and like take a little bit from each? Well, one of the things that we definitely started branching out uh, uh, as even uh, as far as early as the second album is co-writing. It's co-writing with other people and other styles of writers. I remember there was a song, I, I believe it was on the second album, was on Rise Up, that Eric brought to the table that was... Um, it was really pop sounding. It was almost, he said, I think this is going to be too pop. I don't think this is good enough for us because wet's supposed to be more of a hard rock band. And I told him, I don't think we should worry about that because no matter what, if the song is great. The song is great. No matter what the song is like, we can make it sound like us. I'm not worried about that. Um, I would be worried about taking a song that's not that good and trying to make it good more so than trying to take a great song and making it sound like wet. And that's one of the, that's one of the main focal parts about what we're doing even now is that we we go for the song first over the fact that it may not necessarily fit the format of what we are known to be doing or what we're normally expected to do, and that's I think that's where the growth has really come forth is is that we've taken great songs and turned them into what wet songs. I love that. I love that. Uh, let's jump into some of the songs because I've been, I've been listening to this record a lot since I got the advance and it is it kicks ass. Uh, the first single, "Big Boys Don't Cry." I love the interplay between your voice and Eric's. Talk a bit about that song and what Eric brings out of you as a singer. Well, the funny thing is, let, let's go to the songwriting part of what I do with Wet because because it's not really a band, it's not a creative uh, forum where we're sitting together in a room and writing songs together. The the creativity of the songs truly come from Sweden that when I get them I've already got pretty much an, a platform of what I'm supposed to sing if I, if, if it's a, a song that needs lyrics they still send it with the lalas Eric will send me a song and he's got a he's the kind of songwriter that cannot just write a body of music unless it's got a, an idea of where it's supposed to go melodically so he'll send me a song for instance and and it'll say and he'll he'll give me the melodies that fit that particular song and i'll just fill in the blanks with lyrics and that that goes the same with pretty much every song that we've done it's it's, he's already got a platform of where the melody should lie now i'm kind of losing my train of thought here because i'm 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 going back to the songwriting process (laughs) but um when when we were doing the second album the, the the song Learn to Live Again, Eric already had the, I think he wrote the lyrics to that too. So he sent me that song in its completed format. 
he sang lead on it, including all the backgrounds. Basically, he said, here's your guy. Just basically replace my voice and sing lead on it. When I did that, I sent back a version where I kept his voice on the first part of the first verse. And then I came in on the second part of the verse. And then same thing for the second verse. And he's like, whoa, I would have never thought that. That's actually pretty cool. From that day forward, I think Frontiers and even Wet fans expect to hear at least one song where Eric and I are trading off on lead vocals. And this new album was no exception. That was It's kind of a thing that... that happened organically and now it's become an expectation of uh we, we got to utilize the fact that we have two lead singers in this band on something awesome i love it uh how far to babylon is one of my favorites it's an interesting song to me because it's got a really interesting groove it's big and thunderous but it almost feels like a shuffly dancey thing at times talk about that song of it absolutely and and that's again that's part of the growth and that's one of my favorites on the album because it sounds so different from the other songs but yet it still sounds like us um that was one of the few on this album that i i got to to write lyrics on because Eric had already written so many songs with other writers in terms of uh, the melodies and lyrics already being done. And this particular one, when he sends me, when he sends me songs, he'll do throwaway lyrics. He'll, 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 he'll basically come up with consonant and vowel sounds that fit the melodies that he's coming up with that particular on every time he, every time he does that, I'm able to change it and kind of move around and, and come up with my own lyrics. That particular one, Every time he's the, the part that says, how far to Babylon, I'm listening to that going, I can't come up with anything else to replace that. Nothing worked. I tried different configurations. I tried different words, different uh, vowel sounds, and nothing sounded as strong as that. So <laughs> strangely enough, I went, <laughs> I just kept the how far to Babylon, and I wrote the lyrics around that. What, well, what's, what's that song going to be about? Well, Babylon is basically the gates of heaven. So how far... How far do we do we have to go before we see the gates of heaven? And I tried putting different uh, themes and for, formats around that, and that's how that song came about. And it's 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 so funny because there's so many songs. I, I when I, when I hear them, I'll listen. I remember the original kind of throwaway lyric, and I'm like, I can't believe I wrote that lyric over the original lyric. But this particular <laughs> one kept that original lyric that was supposed to be a throwaway, and we both find it funny. Nice, nice. It sounds like you had a lot of fun making the rec- record too. Like, do you find that it's like it's e- it's still easy to keep that you know like chemistry? Like, I know I know it's a project, not a band, but that you know chemistry of writing with pe- people. Like, you know, when you're kind of like just sending stuff back and forth. Oh, absolutely. Because we, for for starters, we have the nothing but the highest respect for one another. When this band first started, I was the kind of semi marquee name of the band. Uh, having you know, having my experience with Ingve and Talisman, and these guys were fans of my stuff of those two things was when they were growing up. So for them, it's like, oh my God, this is cool. We get to work with somebody that that we've listened to so many records and so many different things of. And now all of a sudden, they um, they they they, I have to give them the same respect and credit even though they didn't have the names behind them, because that's the only way we'd be able to build this together. And now we're kind of, we look at each other in an equal plateau. I don't, I'm not Jeff Scott Soto. He's not Eric Martinson. We're just the three guys that created this. And when we do these records and we do these songs together, that's exactly uh, how we treat it. So it's, it started like this from day one. And it started from me to make sure I didn't look down on these guys. And they try not to look up to me, that we basically always tried to look straight at each other and make sure that we knew what we were going to be creating here. 
Awesome. Awesome. And I, of course, I got to bring up, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm a sucker for ballads and got to Me be too. about love. Uh, that ties with How Far to Babylon for my favorite song on the album. And if, it's a very positive and uplifting song and it felt very refreshing, especially after what we went through in the U.S. last Wednesday. Yeah. Talk about that song, song a bit, because I feel like that's kind of like a, I don't know, it's a song the world needs right now, in a way, in my opinion. And, and that's another song, again, that it started with the concerned that that it would be it, it's not really our wheelhouse or our, our you know, we, there was a concern that maybe it's a little too pop or it's it's not going to really fit in the end with the uh, what's expected of us. And I once again, I said, uh, uh-uh, let's just record it. Let's see what let's turn it into a wet song. Let's let's see what we can do to this. And we stuck to it, and it, it turned out not only to be a great song, but it turned out to be Frontiers wanting to choose it as one of the singles. So that's uh, it's a testament to a good song is a good song. And you could sit with, a, with an acoustic guitar and play that song and sing it without all the bells and whistles, and it's still a good song. And that it, it's I, I love that about that particular track, especially because it doesn't sound like a traditional wet single. It sounds like something that we kind of had to kind of uh, carve and craft to make it sound the way it did nice nice i love it uh earlier in the interview i called you one of the busiest people in rock and like i said i've been kind of going back and checking out some of your other recent projects and i wanted to touch on those for just a little bit sure Uh, first i wanted to bring up one of my favorite records of 2020 was wide awake in my dreamland to me that album pairs really nicely with the new wet record uh, in terms of melodic rock how was your approach to that record different than your approach to this one obviously you can kind of think more of what what do you just yourself want but it really is a bit more of a more like straightforward like journey-esque melodic rock album kind of in a way comparable to wet right well for starters the the biggest difference between that record and and all my solo records is i'm i'm more hands-on with my solo records than i was on wide awake and so when I get the accolades for that record, I have to give 90% of the credit to my producer and co-writer, Alessandro Dovecchio, because he was the most hands-on, even more so than me. I knew what I was going to do. I I know where my role is in, in when I'm writing lyrics or when I'm writing melodies. I know where my role lies. But when I'm removed from the producer role, producer seat, when I'm removed from the overseeing of every detail coming in that finishes the songs to the, how the songs sound, the production, the mixes, all that stuff. That's where I have to give the, somebody like Alessandro that credit because he was that person. He was the one that oversaw everything. And from that, I got the results of that incredible album. I, I, I feel like I was able to make an album with someone as opposed to him making that album with or for me. And that's why that album came out the way. There's a magic behind it because I gave Alessandro that free reign that that open leash to just basically come up with something he felt should be a jeff scott soda record more so than i felt awesome i love it and it really shows i can like i could tell like you really like sat down and like there was a i i I can hear like alessandro's like you know like little touch of like you know there's a little more melody to that one it's a little more breezy so it definitely came through well he decided he wanted to make the kind of record uh, he, he wanted to create a JSS album with all the elements that he loves about my voice and my career. And that's exactly how he, he went into this. So you'll hear a lot of familiarity to my life and my career based on the things that he loves about my career. You'll hear a lot of talisman. You'll hear a lot of you'll even hear sprinkles of the JSS stuff, the JSS sound that I did back in the day on my own. 
he recreated with his kind of ear and his view of what he loved about that stuff. So that's that album is a culmination of a lot of different things that he's loved about my life and my singing, my career. Nice. Let's uh let's flip it a bit and like go kind of the other end of the spectrum. Uh, Sons of Apollo. Uh, I'm a bit of a prog rock novice. I don't know that much about prog rock, but I checked out the record and I really enjoyed it. Um, talk about that one and that band a little bit. Like, do you like do you have to alter your writing approach when you approach a record like Sons of Apollo? Um, the the approach, all those, all the um, the writing, the creativity, all that stuff comes from generally listening to something. If I hear something, I don't say I don't try to incorporate what I would into a wet song or into a JSS song. I incorporate what I would put into that song based on how it sounds. When I get a Sons of Apollo song, I know what needs to be in that song to finish it. I don't think, well, let me see if I can incorporate what I did with Trans-Siberian Orchestra or with Journey or with whatever. I listen to that song and it kind of dictates where it needs to go without me having to draw from anything I've already done. And that's, I use that mentality with everything because then you would be tripping over yourself. You you would be kind of like borrowing from different things. And I, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to give, I want to give every piece of music that I'm a part of the same respect that uh, all the stuff that I've already done had. Nice. Nice. There was one song on the record I wanted to touch on specifically. I, I, I really enjoyed the song Asphyxiation. And you, you've got an interesting like double layered vocal there. Like you've got your lead vocal, then you've almost like got a bit of like a, like a choked demon vo- vocal on there. I thought that was kind of a cool like effect you did. That's uh, that's actually Portnoy doing that that demon voice. He oh really? He, we he loves singing. He loves 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 singing. He's been uh, ever since we started the whole Sons of Apollo thing. He's like, dude, I want to sing. I, I let's try to put it as many double harmonies or Alice in Chains kind of you know uh, lead vocal stuff that we can. As, as much as possible. So that song was no exception. The The only difference is when he did his lower harmonies a, alongside my main lead vocal, he also sent in a, a separate kind of demonic track that we blended in. So he's not singing that his parts demonically. He's singing his parts normally, but when you mix that kind of demonic sound underneath, it kind of sounds like he's singing it that way. And it was, it was a really cool effect because, uh, I mean, it's, it's just studio trickery. It, it's in... In most, in most uh, recordings and most respects, you try to become the character with your voice as well as singing the song that way. But then there's a way of making sure you can still sing the song and get the melody across and kind of mix in something else that gives it that quality without, without having to do that within the context of your actual singing voice. Cool. Cool, yeah. And it's a really cool, like, affected headphone, especially. Like, I find that album to be, like, a really good, like, headphone listen. Thanks, man. Nice. Yeah, we we do our best with, with that kind of stuff as much as possible. I love it. Uh, I got I got a few more for you. Um, as you as you kind of alluded to earlier, like you said, you're kind of taking on some stuff like projects you normally do, and given all the like the little you know projects you've touched on throughout your career, whether it was Ingve, Talisman, Trans Siberian, you know Axel Ruddy Pell, Wet. Is there a certain sound or type of record you'd like to make that you just haven't had a chance to yet? Um, not really. I've pretty much tapped into everything that I've always wanted to do. I mean, I haven't made a full-fledged funk album. I've done songs, like individual songs that uh, that could sound like Prince or could sound like Funkadelic Parliament, that kind of stuff. Because I, I love everything, man. I 
before rock, I only listened to R&B and, and funk and soul music. So that's all in my DNA. That's injected in me anyways. I've yet to make a full soul album. I, the closest to that I did was uh, an album called Beautiful Mess, where I, I dabbled in that world. But there was enough rock guitar in there that still sounded more like a, a, a pop rock album. I've yet to make something where it's just orchestrations and... Um, and something like musically completely different. And I, I, the close again, the closest to that actually was something I released late last year, an album called Revision, where I took old songs of mine and I kind of gave them more of an acoustic unplugged vibe behind them. And it was really stripped down. There's no hard rock guitar whatsoever on this album. And that probably would be the closest, but it's still... I'm doing what were considered rock songs in a different format. To do an album like... Uh, like what Rod Stewart was doing with the uh, the the old American songbooks, where you take old standards and do it with an orchestra, and without any form of rock or that world whatsoever, I think that would be something I'd really like to do someday. Hmm. I'd love to hear it. I feel you definitely have the voice to tackle it, so I'd love to hear it. And you, yeah, man, uh, you you actually made a great uh, transition for me, by the way. I know you're also a fellow like Prince Nut, like I am. <laughs> did you did you get to dig into the Sign of the Times Deluxe? And if, if so, like, did you like find any gems you you, you dug? Because I'm having fun with that box set myself. Well, you know what? You I segue you into this conversation. I'm gonna segue you back into another. Um, we were just talking about the Revision album, and yeah. there's a song that I did on on the my Prism albums, the first album I did for uh, Frontiers, a song called "Don't Walk Away." It's primarily just an, a, a ballad, kind of a a rock ballad kind of thing. And I was listening every day to the Signs of, Sign of the Times uh, deluxe box set. And there's a version of a song on there called Strange Relationship. Mm. That it's a little different from the one that ended up on the record. And I was, I'm, I was like, damn, that sounds so cool. It's, it's different enough, but it's close enough to the original. And then when I was going in, I knew I was going to do a, a version of Don't Walk Away. I'm like, what should I do with this? It's already a ballad. If I do it with just a, an acoustic guitar, it stays a ballad. Like, hey... I'm going to take the idea of what Prince did on the demo version of Strange Relationship. <laughs> and I did kind of a funkified version of that song on the Revision album. If you get a chance, it's on Spotify. It's on all the digital platforms. You can check that out. But you'll you'll hear where that came from. I even, in the description of that record, I put a description of what I did to every one of those songs. I mentioned exactly that. I was listening to Day and Night, the deluxe edition of Sign of the Times. And I took the treatment of what he did on Strange Relationship and put it on that song. I love it. That's that's great, man. Nice. I, I got to check that out. Uh,
listening to the Sly Dog Music Cast. If you want to know what's going on, follow me on Twitter at Sly Dog Music Cast or Facebook at Sly Dog Music Cast. Thanks again for listening. Peace, love, and music.